Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. Hey, good to be with you today. Uh, I hope that you've had a great day. And uh, I just want to say thank you for joining us. The word of God is good. There is a thing of refreshment that comes in the word of God. There's a thing of direction. There's a thing of light that comes with the word of God as we grab a hold of it. There's a thing of protection. There's a thing of blessing that comes with the word of God. Just as we get started tonight uh, or today, whenever it is that you're watching, uh, just let's open in, in prayer. Lord, I, just, I thank you for the opportunity to go into your word. I thank you for your word that is good. It is solid. Lord, it, it does not matter what time uh, or era or season, whatever. Lord, uh, your word is always appropriate for us today. You don't change and your word does not return void. We just thank you. Lord, I pray that there would just be a, a grabbing a hold of the truth of your word and that it would be applied into our lives and that there would be um, blessing and encouragement and comfort that comes uh, with that word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, just for, for those that didn't uh, catch last week's uh, message, uh, make sure you check it out. And uh, I had my wife with, with me last week as we started this series. Uh, for whether it's you're single, engaged, or married, uh, these are, are tried and true and tested um, truths that, uh, that uh, Julie and I have, uh, have applied, and, and uh, they're a blessing. They've been a blessing to us. So we're, we're sharing them with you. And once again, this is not something that we've come up with, but rather uh, it is the word of God that we stand on. And uh, as you stand on the word of God, you will not go wrong. Praise God. So, um, yeah, it was great having um, Julie with me last week. Today, I'm, I'm on my own, and, uh, but I want you to listen carefully as we get into uh, uh, the past, last week was about priorities, the priorities that we should have in our life. Uh, this week, we want to get into uh, dealing uh, with the past. And especially if you've had a, I want to use the word, a nasty past, uh, how do you deal with the things uh, from the past? And, and I think there's all of us. Uh, myself included, that we would say, you know what, there's some things that I would not want for anybody to know. Things, whether it's done in secret or, or whatever, we just say, that was not a good time of my life. And uh, so we wouldn't want anybody to know. However, oftentimes the things of the past affect us today and now because we haven't, uh, we haven't dealt with those, some of those things. And sometimes the, the things of the past are, are haunting us today and and whether it's uh, you're you're single or uh or whether you're married or going to get married uh it can come into relationship uh um and and problems with relationship um because you haven't dealt with things in the past so uh we w i want to get into uh, something that i would say is probably the most important thing about the past and uh, uh be if you grab a hold of this, uh, you will, uh, uh, let me say, there will be a, a, a relieving and a releasing of, of much 
in your life. And this, this thing is truly critical. So uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 18 uh, from verse 21. Matthew 18 from verse 21. And uh, Jesus is with, uh, with his disciples. And I don't know. Uh, so Peter, he's talking to Peter at this point. And in fact, Peter has come to him with a question. And probably because Peter got into perhaps an altercation with somebody. Uh, maybe it was one of the, one of the other 12 uh, of the 12 disciples, uh, one of the other 11. And, um, and so I, I don't know. But so he asked the question to the Lord. He, and he says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And so Peter at this point is probably thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm being pretty good. Uh, like, how, how often should I forgive somebody that's wronged me? Wronged me? Is it up to seven times? And, and even with the questioning of these questions here, it's almost like uh, he's saying, Lord, at what point do I get to get even? When can I get even with this, this individual? Uh, now, let me say, Pastor, why, why are we going into this passage? I, I, I just want you to know this passage is dealing with things that maybe happened in our past uh, that, are, that is impacting us now. Uh, because there has been uh, issue with somebody else or somebody else has wronged you. In this case, this person has wronged Peter uh, and, or it could be a hypothetical situation, probably wasn't. Uh, but he's saying, at what point do I get to, to get even uh, is what it sounds like. And uh, so um, if we don't deal with the things of the past, and sometimes it's been, uh, you know, maybe it's been a, a few days uh, of, of the, in, there's been an incident or an altercation, a verbal altercation or whatever it may be with somebody else, and it's impacting you. And, and I don't know about you, but uh, I know that if, as there's been problems, uh, uh, you know, there's times where uh, usually it's my fault, uh, where I'm, I'm, short with my wife or whatever and and I, I recognize that that the words that I may have spoken or or just my my tone was was not right and I've hurt my wife uh with my tone and and uh so I'm recognizing hey I've hurt that person and 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 also on Julie's part uh where she's coming from is hey Dave has hurt me uh she can have issue with me then that's impacting her uh, in our day-to-day -day relationship where she's saying, hey, I, you know, I've been hurt. So I, I, the relationship is strained. You know what I'm talking about, uh, whether it's with a spouse or whether it's with a friend or somebody you work with or whatever it may be. And it may be something that's happened recently or it may be something that's, that's happened, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. A long time ago, maybe it was something that happened as a, as, as a child and it's affected you negatively. So this is what we're dealing with now at this point in time. The things of the past and dealing with the, the, the nasty things of the past. So in verse uh, 22, Jesus said to him regarding his questions of how many times should I forgive my brother? Up to seven times. Uh, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. So anybody that's a mathematician, very quickly, seven times seven with a zero on it, we're talking 49, 490 times 
that the Lord would say that you would forgive. Now, the point that Jesus is making is we need to forgive always. And if you're keeping track, uh, 490 and you're, it's okay, well, we're, we're up to 327, 328, and you're keeping track, that the, there, there, is, there is not a thing of forgiveness that has happened. Uh, the fact that you're keeping track, uh, there needs to be forgiveness. The Lord is saying you need to forgive. For goodness sake, forgive. And then he gets into an illustration. And we want to get through this illustration. And uh, we need to recognize um, that in this illustration, this parable, uh, that we're dealing with God as well. And we'll see that at the very end. So let's just uh, read through. It says in verse 23, it says, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So he's talking about the kingdom of heaven and, and, and part of being a part of the kingdom of heaven and making it in, into the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, as he, he said, okay, I'm going to take a look at, at how this person, this, this servant has been with me and, and to deal with whatever. Uh, so he's looking at each servant. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now, we're talking, we are talking, and I, I looked at this before, if it was gold, we're talking millions upon millions and millions of dollars, that tens of millions of dollars that this guy owed, the servant owed the king. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he, he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. I want you to know that, that uh, the God that we, that is, is uh, the creator of this universe and, and is the God of the universe, the God of, of, of everything, um, is a God that uh, there is a, a settling of accounts one day. And uh, we, need to, we need to be right before the Lord um, on before that day comes. Uh, so, uh, verse 25, it says, uh, but as he was not able to pay, his master commanded he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion released him and forgave him the debt. We're talking, we're talking millions, tens of millions of dollars worth of debt. And uh, we see here that, uh, that, that this king, and in this case, God, God is a merciful God and God forgives. And even as we would have to make an account with him, you say, well, what account? Well, we're talking about every commandment of God and have we kept those commandments and we have to say no we haven't kept the commandments and uh, uh, some of you might say well I don't even know what the commandments are and there's so there's things that we know okay that's that's just not right that's not good before God and, and there, there's other things we say well I didn't know that was wrong everybody else is doing it but yet it's wrong before God so whether it's a sin that we know uh, or a, a thing of uh, of uh, a sin that we don't know, we've committed a sin and we don't know what it is, 
Either way, it is still sin before God. There's a settling of accounts. God is a merciful God, and he forgives. And as we would come to him, and we would, would humble ourselves before him and say, yeah, I've, I've, I've messed up, I've sinned. So uh, then, um, verse 28, but that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, which would have been a day's wages. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, I will pay you all. We're talking about the same scenario, but just a fraction that it was owed, just a small, small fraction. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due him. So this is the illustration. And then verse 35. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Now you might say, um, how were our sins forgiven by God? Like how, how did that all work? Because God is a righteous God. God is a just God. And he doesn't just sweep things under the carpet. Uh, in fact, there, is, there are books being written of our lives and everything that we, we say, everything we do, our intentions, our motivations, everything is being written down. You say, oh, oh my goodness. Seriously? Absolutely. And there's, there is only one thing uh, when we stand before God to make an account of, of all the things that we've done in our lives, there is only one thing that we can depend on, and that is if our faith is in Jesus Christ for our sins. Now you say, well, what does Jesus Christ have to do with this? It says in John 3, 16, it says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We have life as we believe in Jesus Christ. So you might say, what did Jesus do why him coming, what did he do that is so important for me in my life and settling accounts with God? Um, what it has to do, or, or what Jesus has to do with all of this, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, it talks about the fact that he became sin or the sin offering for us. And basically, all our sin were, was placed upon him. So that the righteousness of God, so he, he takes care. If, if our faith is in Jesus Christ, that we just say, hey, and just like this, this uh, uh, servant, the first servant came and he said, hey, listen, I, I, I you know, I basically have mercy. He, he fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the Lord God forgave. Listen, we cannot pay for every single one of our sins. In fact, do you remember everything you've done? I know I haven't. I don't remember everything that I've done. And so my faith for, for what I owe God has to be taken care of 
and, and it was taken care of 2,000 years ago. And it's basically our sins were placed upon him, upon Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross 2,000 years ago. And he suffered the consequences that should have been ours, which is death. It says in Romans 6.23, it says that the wages of sin, the payment for my sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So God is saying, listen, you, we, we have a choice to make. And we'll, we'll look a little bit into this choice that we have to make. But uh, are we going to go according to the, the root of, of unforgiveness when it comes to dealing with those that may have wronged us? Can we forgive? And we'll get into this because there was unforgiveness. There was a lack of forgiveness on the part of this first servant to the second servant, even though he had been forgiven everything, he did not forgive those that had wronged him. And so we'll look at a few scriptures here. In fact, uh, if you go to Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse, uh, verse 9, and you'll say, hey, I, this, this passage sounds a little bit familiar. Uh, the reason it sounds familiar is because it is the Lord's prayer. When the disciples came to him and asked him, uh, Lord, how, how should we pray? And so he says, well, you can pray like this. This is some things you can include in your prayer. So from verse, uh, from verse 9, Matthew 6, 9, says, In this manner, therefore, pray. So pray like this or include these things. Our Father in heaven, a recognition of God, hallowed be your name. There's a worship of God and, and, a, and an acknowledgement of his name that is above all names. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So not my will, your will be done. Uh, give us this day our daily bread so take care of our the needs that we may have on a daily basis and listen verse 12 and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors so uh the king james i think says forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us so lord forgive my trespasses that i've committed against you and and others perhaps and as i would forgive those who trespass against me Interesting, and we get back to this. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now look at verse 14 and 15, because there's a, an expanding on verse 12 about the forgiveness, because forgiveness, when it comes to nasty paths, and I, we've all been there, we've, we've all, all of us, have had issue, and some of us maybe more than others, maybe some of the things that, that uh, others did to us or we've done to others uh, uh, were, were extreme. And they affect us, they affect our lives today, even though it may have been decades ago that it may have happened or years ago. Look at verse 14, Matthew 6, verse 14. It says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, as your, father, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is huge. And there's a, a lot of people, you, you wonder sometimes, why am I in a place of, of torment? Just like this um, servant, this first servant was put into prison, where there was torment and and you might say well, what kind of torment um there is a torment that comes when we choose not to forgive those that have wronged us and i listen i am not making light because you might be saying pastor you have no idea 
what happened to me. And, I, and, and yes, some of the things that happened to you may have been so extreme and, and impacting. And the Lord is saying, every single one of the things that you've done that is opposed and, and contrary to, to, to me, I have, as, as you have placed your faith in me, I have forgiven you every single one of your sins, past, present, and future. However, this thing of, of not forgiving others, the way God deals with unforgiveness towards others, we need to forgive because there's, there's a torment that comes. And if we don't get things right, if we don't forgive, if we're not forgiven by our Heavenly Father, there is no way for us to make it eternally. We, we will not be with God. So we need to deal with the things of the past. And so if others have wronged you, have wronged me, it is incumbent on me to forgive them. I need to forgive them what they've done to me. You say, Pastor, really? And now I'm not saying that, that there's, there, there shouldn't be some consequences necessarily, but, um, uh, and we read of this that, that in, in Romans chapter 12, at the end, it says, hey, listen, that we should repay good for evil, not evil for evil. So someone's done evil to us, we shouldn't be getting back and even with, with uh, evil but rather we should repay good for evil. And, the, and God says then in the, at the end of that passage in Romans 12, he says that vengeance is mine, I will repay. So God will take care. You say, well, what about justice? There is an, a day of accounting that is coming that every single thing that was done, even things to you that were done, if that person doesn't, make things right or or come to God that person that wronged you God will deal with them because God is a righteous God he is a just God and there is a day of reckoning and of accounting that is coming but we need to deal with the things of the past otherwise we get to a place of torment in our lives in the present and and it it, it oftentimes affects our relationship with others whether it's our spouse or spouse our children uh, uh, brother or sister in the Lord, uh, family members, friends, co-workers, it can affect who we are with them because of unforgiveness. So you might say, well, what kind of, of torment, what kinds of things are, are things that come as a result of, of not forgiving someone else? Well, uh, I've just made a, a list of a few things. One thing that may happen is anger. Now, anger without sin, without sinning, you can be angry and it says be angry and sin not. So there is a, a, a way of dealing with our anger without sinning. You might say, How do I sin? Well, I sin by my, my actions. I can sin by what I say, what comes out of my mouth. I can sin with my, my attitude and my thoughts. So the other person may not know, but within me, the attitude that I have is not right. Or the thoughts that I have is not right. Now listen, if you have... Those kinds of things where someone has wronged you or is not, things aren't going the way you want. And so now there's this, these thoughts, and these attitudes, or even in anger. Uh, we need to deal with that properly. And, and, and so there might be uh, a going to that person and, and talking things out. Uh, and it says even that we should not let the sun go down on our wrath, on our anger. In other words, deal with it as, as soon as you can. And in Romans as well, it says that we should keep peace with all men if possible. 
We should have peace with all men if possible. And I recognize there's times where that's not possible. It's not possible uh, where people, there's a wickedness and an evil that's being done and whatever. Uh, and, e and even in Romans chapter 13, it talks about that's why we have uh, government. That's why we have things for our, our peace and our safety and for there to be a sword, if you would, justice to be meted out against those that are doing things wrong against you. And we can go to the authorities. Um, but God says, that we should, we need to forgive. Um, so we need to watch our anger that we don't sin with our words, with our actions, with our attitudes and our emotions. Uh, another thing that uh, comes in as a, a thing of bitterness or is, is bitterness and it creeps in where we become bitter that the thoughts that we may have towards somebody is, is of bitterness. And it's like, oh, and there's a stirring and a, and a, a raging within and uh, in, in Hebrews, I believe it's chapter 13, it talks, that, it talks about a root of bitterness that can come up within us. And if you have a root of bitterness, it will lead into a plant with a nasty fruits. And some of the, the fruits of, of bitterness is, is retaliation or withdraw, withdrawing and seclusion. Uh, sometimes there's things of, 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 of a hatred that wells up within you. There's a thing of, of I'm going to get even, I'm going to retaliate. And then there, there are consequences because we don't do things properly uh, or we're doing things with these very extremely negative emotions. There's a seething within us that sometimes uh, that goes on, will go on for, for not just days, but weeks, months, years, decades. Uh, I've, I've heard stories of people... Uh, there was something that happened and, and we're talking family members that are, there's no relationship after, for years because of the hurt. And I'm not saying to put yourself back into a place of getting hurt again, but that there would be forgiveness. You need to forgive. And it doesn't necessarily mean I need to put myself back into a relationship with somebody that's been abusive or whatever, has been using and abusing, uh, but definitely that there would be uh, 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 letting that you would let them either let them know or that within your heart you'd say I choose to forgive that person doesn't mean that you're forgetting uh, anything necessarily but you are choosing to say Lord by your strength and with your strength just as you have forgiven me I choose to forgive that person that has wronged me um, and this is critical in having life uh, come back to you. You know what? Uh, if we don't forgive those from our past or whatever, there's a chaining. I'm chained to those uh, uh, people, those situations from my past. And, and there's, so there's always a, there's a connection with the things of the past. You're saying, hey, I need to get past this. I need to get over this. Forgiveness as you choose. As God says, hey, listen, forgive those that trespass, have trespassed you. It means that we are able to do it. It's a choice that we make to forgive that person. And so we do that. And, and with it then, we are not put into a place of torment, a place of imprisonment. And so sometimes it's like it doesn't matter where you go. If you don't forgive, you're, it's like you're imprisoned. Uh, and you're not even with that person. In fact, that person may not even know that they've hurt you in that way. And, and yet you're in this place of 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 prison and there's a connection with them with them because you haven't 
forgiven. So we, we need to unhook ourselves by forgiving. We unhook ourselves from those that have hurt us and from the past as we forgive. There's a, there's a, a, a cutting off from, from that hook of unforgiveness. It's, it's broken then, it's cut off. And so we're no longer attached um, necessarily uh, to those that may have hurt you or uh, things of the past affecting you uh, in the present. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, let God deal. You might say, well, there, there needs to be justice. Trust me, when the Lord says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And sometimes you say, well, I can't wait until the judgment, uh, the white throne judgment uh, to come. I'll tell you, there are times where the judgment comes even on this side of heaven. And I've seen that happen where, where somebody has wronged me and the judgment of God against that individual was extreme and it was quick. And I was like, oh my goodness, God, uh, not that I wanted that uh, to happen. It's just like, God, you moved quickly on this and judgment comes sometimes very quickly. Let God deal with the things that, that others have wronged you with. And oftentimes as you look at their lives, you recognize, oh my goodness, their life is very uh, uh, miserable, if you would. They're in confinement, whatever. God is already, is already dealing with them. He's dealing with the matter. So some of the things that you need to do is ask or look and examine, is there somebody that I need to forgive from the past? Whether it's a, 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 whoever it may be, a parent, uh, a sibling, uh, uh, whoever it may be, uh, that you have to forgive from the past. Um, the other thing is that you need to do is, is look, have I hurt anybody? Um, whose forgiveness do I need? Do I need to go and say, hey, listen, I'm sorry for what I've done. That wasn't right. And, and to make restitution part of it. Is, so one thing is the forgiveness as, aspect of forgiving those that wronged us. But sometimes we need to go and we need to ask for, for, for forgiveness of those that we have wronged. And what a beautiful thing it is when uh, we go to say, hey, I'm sorry. And, and uh, there's, there's a, a making right. And, and oftentimes there's a, a total uh, uh, releasing from the emotional and attitudinal uh, things that have been are so negative in your life. There's just a releasing of those things uh, as you make things right with others. One thing that we do need to ask for forgiveness um, is the Lord. And I, I already I, I quoted from Romans 3.23, uh, I believe, or it says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. If there's anybody that we've sinned against, and not just once, but many times over, it is God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, and he took our sins upon himself as, as our faith is in him. So one of the things that we can say is, Lord, forgive me where I have wronged you. Forgive me where, where I've done those things that are contrary to you, that were in disobedience and where whatever it may have been, so, sometimes it may have been in ignorance, sometimes it may have been deliberate, but Lord, forgive me of those, those things. Maybe it wasn't even an action. Maybe it was an inaction where you didn't do what you should have. Lord, forgive me of that. Lord, forgive me for, for the thoughts that I had. And sometimes it's, it's even the thoughts that we may have against God. And not that God sins. Listen, God never sins and, and does not sin. But sometimes we think, God, 
uh, you owe me this or you owe me that or whatever. Lord, forgive me of, of the, the sin of presumption to presume and assume things and, and not realizing that it was me. I was the problem or God, you were trying to show me things, whatever. Lord, forgive me where I've not had the right heart or attitude towards you. Um, so we need to ask the Lord to forgive us. And the beautiful thing is this. In 1 John 1, verse 9, uh, it says, um, I want to read this, but if we, this is uh, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, as we walk in the light, we'll see if there's anything that's not right. We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if we walk in light with others as well, uh, there's fellowship. We have fellowship. We have relationship with others whether it's your spouse, listen, <laughs> if you don't have the right relationship with your spouse, there is, I am sure, I guarantee you, probably 100% sure that there's something that you need to, to do uh, with your spouse when it comes to, I need to forgive them or they need to forgive me, one or the other, but there needs to be forgiveness and healing of relationship so we can have fellowship with one another and it says here, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So the stain of sin is cleansed by the blood, only by the blood. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we come to the Lord and we ask the Lord to forgive us, the beautiful thing is this. Just like we read in Matthew 18 with this servant coming to the king, and, and saying, God, please give, have patience. God, as soon as we confess our sins, as we humble ourselves before him, there is a forgiveness that, that comes about immediately. And there's a cleansing and a washing. He makes us clean. He says, I've, he says you've been washed clean. And there's such a thing of, 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 of love and, for, and mercy and grace that our God shows us as we humble ourselves before him. Say, God, forgive me. And there is a cleansing that takes place. Our situation, if we don't ask God for forgiveness, we are in a bad place because the wages of our sin is death. And I'm not talking physical death. I'm talking spiritual death. I'm talking separation from God. If our sins are not taken care of with God, the sins against God and others, if they're not taken care of, uh, we, we are separated from God. And so in this passage in, in um, Matthew 18, there's, uh, and also in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, forgiveness is paramount to you having life and having, uh, uh, being set free from the things of torment. There is a, a thing of freedom that, that comes with forgiveness. Um, I want to read to you from Romans chapter 6, verse 15. And... Um, uh, it's talking about, uh, uh, as Paul is writing, and Paul is writing to the Romans here, and, and he's saying that uh, he's using an illustration of being slaves to something. And we can be slaves, and he, he sort of uses these, these human terms of, of, of being in, uh, in bondage, if you would, to a certain extent, to certain things, all right? What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? Uh, the fact that we've been forgiven as, as believers, should we just go ahead? We know we have grace from God and just continue to sin. Paul writes, he says, certainly not. Do you not know that to whom 
you present yourselves slaves to obey. You are that one's slaves whom you obey. And then he gives the two things, the two things here, whether of sin leading to death. So we are a slave to sin, to do the things. I don't want to just, I just want to sin. There's a, I just, and that's where a lot of people are at. They're at this place of, they're a slave to sin, slave to doing what I want, a slave to addiction, a slave to, to, to hurting others, whatever it may be, a slave of sin, which leads to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. He says, don't you know we're a slave to sin leading to death or obedience to, to God? Say, God, I'm going to obey you. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to get things right with you. And I'm going to be a willing slave of yours as in a bondservant. You've set me free, but Lord, I'm going to serve you. Uh, so this obedience leads to righteousness or right standing with God. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, we used to be slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So as our faith was in Jesus Christ, uh, and, and, uh, and in fact in Romans, as he starts off the letter to the Romans, he's saying, man, you have the same faith. I'm so, I'm so excited because you have the same faith that I do. And Paul is saying, my faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for me. And you believe the same thing. And here he's saying, you, you, you have, even though you were a slave to sin, as your faith was in Jesus Christ, in Romans 1, verse 16, he says, I'm not ashamed of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for the Jew first, then the Greek. And it says, so, so we, he says, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God is made clear and available is unveiled and revealed to us uh, and the just shall live by faith faith in jesus christ and so he says he says and i speak in human terms he's trying to tra- say i'm speaking in this way so that you get an, an understanding of what i'm trying to say he's saying i speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh he, so, uh, for just as you presented your members as as slaves of uncleanness to do things that are unclean and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness he says you used to do the things of sin and you were a slave of that and you went ahead and did it he says now present your members of who you are as slaves of righteousness to do what is right of righteousness for holiness for when you were slaves of sin you were free in regard to righteousness you did not have righteousness as a slave of sin what fruit did you then have or then or have then in the things of which you are now ashamed for the end of those things is death in fact when you look back to the things of sin that you've committed in your in in the past you recognize oh my goodness i am ashamed of that what a nasty past but the lord if he forgave forgives you of all your sin and and if you would have continued on in that it would have ended and resulted in death for the end of those things is death but now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of god you have your fruit to holiness to be holy and the end you might say what's the end of that everlasting life to live forever with god and man what he has in store for us is beyond what we could possibly imagine in fact he already wants to bless us in our lives 
here on this, on this side of heaven. He wants to bless us. He wants to bless you uh, and give you abundant life. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, a full, abundant life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. What a beautiful thing, this thing of, of rest, rest uh, our, our relationship with God being made right. And even as, we, as he has forgiven us, we choose to forgive those that have wronged us and to say, hey, I forgive, I forgive you. And there's a releasing from a place of torment. Um, if we've wronged, if you've wronged someone else, that there would be a restitution and making right of that situation. In Acts chapter 3, verse 19, and, and, verse tw- and also verse 26, talks about some of the things uh, that happen as a result of, of repenting and turning and getting things right. It says, repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Listen, as, we, as you get things right, you repent and you make things right, there is a time of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. The Lord just comes and there's, I'll tell you, just a, a, a newness of life. There's a, a rejuvenating. There's, a, there's a, a, a coming to light rather than being in darkness and, and, and just to life in the presence of the Lord as we repent and we're converted, as, we, as our faith is in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In verse 26, Acts chapter 3, verse 26, it says, To you first, God having raised up his servant Jesus, Jesus having died, been buried, and raised up, sent him to bless you. The Lord God desires, as our faith is in Christ, and that the fact that we have forgiveness in Jesus Christ, and we forgive those that have wronged us, there's, it says that God has sent Jesus to bless you, Lord. And what a beautiful thing. The blessing of the Lord is so powerful and so beautiful and so uh, merciful and so gracious and abundant and full and, and just so much that, that comes our way as, as we are right with the Lord, as our faith is in Jesus Christ. It says, in turning away every one of you from your iniquities to to get things right, we turn away, we're making things right, we're making restitution. And the Lord says, I want to bless you for that. You know what? Making things right, if you've wronged somebody else, it does take humility. Pride is a nasty thing that gets in the way. It says, no, they're wrong. I'm not going to go, they're the ones that started, whatever. And that we would go say, hey, listen. Uh, And even if someone else did start something, that we can go and say, you know what? I just want to ask for your forgiveness because oftentimes we have the wrong attitude or we want to fight, we want to, we're bitter, we want to retaliate, we're angry, whatever it may be. And we can just go to that person and say, hey, listen, uh, I didn't have the right attitude towards you. Even the thoughts that I had were not right. I just, I'm just saying, sorry, I'm asking for your forgiveness for, for my thoughts. They may not even know about it, but what a relieving and oftentimes there's relationship that can be reestablished, uh, especially with those that may have been close at one point. Praise God. Um, I just want to, uh, I want to give you a passage, and uh, I don't want to take 
so much more time on this. But if you have a chance, uh, I want you to read in Ephesians chapter 4 from verses 17 to 32. And there's a list of things that you should do. And there's a list of things that you shouldn't do. And just as you get near to the end uh, of this list of do's and don'ts, say, oh, man, I don't know if I can do all of these things or, or not do these things. And it's, it's good advice. Let me say it again. Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 32. Uh, and um, there's one passage I do want to read from that in Ephesians. And I, it's uh, closer to the end. And... Uh, let me just pull that up. Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, yes, verse 30. It says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We grieve the Holy Spirit in two ways. One, by not doing the right things. That grieves the Holy Spirit. But the other thing that grieves the Holy Spirit is this when we try to do things in our own strength. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I want to help you. I want to help you. We see, and we're basically either we're ignorant of the fact that the Holy Spirit wants to help us to do the right things and, and, uh, and not do the things that we shouldn't do. He's there to help us. And so uh, we, need to, we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit does want to help us and say, Holy Spirit, I can't do all of these things or not do the things that I shouldn't. I need your help. And the Holy Spirit, then we're not grieving the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to help us. Let me just read it again. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. As a believer, the Holy Spirit wants to help you to be the person that you need to be. And to uh, whether you're single or engaged, especially for married couples, uh, and, and there's, if you have issue in your marriage or in relationship at this point in time, and you're recognizing, oh my goodness, I, I want to be a, a better person as a man. I want to be a better husband, a better father. As a wife, I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mother. Uh, God is saying, I want to help you by, your Holy, by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give you the strength. He'll give you guidance. He'll give you the, even the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. These are all fruit of the Holy Spirit. They're not what I can conjure up. They're what He puts in our, in our life, in our, in our existence at this time. So to deal with the past, one thing is, yeah, the things of, of, of forgiveness, the things of restitution or making right in relationship, and the, and the Lord saying, I want to help you in, in your day-to-day -day walk. Uh, I think we read earlier, and maybe, uh, maybe not, in Galatians, uh, and this is talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I just quoted Galatians 5, verse 22. But a few verses down, it says that if we live in the Spirit, we should also walk in the Spirit. So the, the, the Holy Spirit, as we place our faith in Jesus, he's made us alive. Uh, and so we have new life in Christ as our faith is in Christ. But, but the Holy Spirit is saying, listen, you've been made alive. You have a life in, in, in Christ and your faith in Christ. But now I want you to walk every day in the Holy Spirit, not just having life, new life, spiritual life, 
but I want to help you. The Holy Spirit is saying, I want to help you in your daily walk from, from moment to moment. And so we just say, Lord, yes. Yes, Holy Spirit, yes, have your way. I surrender, I submit to your Lordship, Jesus Christ. And, and Holy Spirit, you have free reign in my life to, to help me in my daily walk, in my relationship with my spouse or my parents, my, my children, my, my brother or sister in the Lord, uh, relative, whoever it may be, my friends, my coworkers, whoever it may be, the stranger, the Holy Spirit wants to help us to be the person that we need to be. Praise God. Um, I just want to read two more passages uh, from Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Uh, he has shown you, O man, what is good. God is saying, I, I, I want to show you, I, I'm showing you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? What does the Lord require of you? And he says, but to do justly. Is it not that you would do justly to do what is right? To love mercy, to be merciful, to be forgiving, and to walk humbly with your God. That you would walk in humility with God. The thing of humility is a thing of, 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 of Lord, I need your help. Lord, you love me, I love you. It's in humility, the Lord is there to lift us up. If we walk in pride uh, and, and conceited, it's like, hey, I can do things on my own. And, and so we grieve the Holy Spirit. We push God aside and we don't walk humbly with God, uh, submitted to God, uh, to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We just surrender ourselves. And God is saying, listen, I want to lift you up. So to do justly, to do what is right, uh, to love mercy, to, to forgive, and to walk humbly with your God. This will take care especially of the things of the past to affect you in the present so that when you look back on the present and the future you say you know what I don't have too many regrets because I've been doing the right things and God is helping me as my faith is in him as I surrender to him as I submit to him as I walk humbly with him one last uh, verse or verse a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19 the choice of, of God blessing you or not is totally up to you. Listen to this passage, and it, it is a choice. God will never force himself upon you, never. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live and have life. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. And so here, this in Deuteronomy, as, as Moses finishes his time, he doesn't have much time left on, on, on the earth before he dies. And he's saying to the children of Israel, this is what you need to do. I'm, I'm setting before you life and death, blessing and cursing. And the, the choice is ours. What do you want? You want death? You want curse? Cursing? No. I want life. I want to be blessed. And as we uh, love the Lord, our God, and as we obey him, as we cling to him, we hang on to him, 
he is our life. He is, will be your life and he will be the length of your days to give you fullness of day and fullness of life right to the end of, your, of the day or of, the, of your days. And then even after that, you would be with him for eternity, that you would choose to do what is right before the Lord, that you would choose to be blessed by the Lord. Just uh, want to say that God loves you so much and uh, he has plans and purposes for you. And if you don't know the Lord, just ask the Lord very simply, just recognize that you have sinned against him. You need his forgiveness. And so even as, as you would have received his forgiveness, it's by confessing your sin. I am a sinner. And recognizing, I just want you to know, I want to quote again from John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only son, to die for you. That as you believe in Jesus Christ, his son, that you will have life eternally. You will not perish, but you would have life eternal. Place your faith in Jesus Christ. He loves you and he took all your sins upon himself. And he rose again. He is alive and he desires to come into your life and to receive him into your life. You can do that. So ask for forgiveness. Place your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, that he died for you, and ask him, invite him into your life, and you will have life. Praise God. God bless you. And uh, I, I just pray that uh, you, will, you will have life and the blessings of God in your life, and that your days would be long and uh, blessed and good in Jesus' name. Have a great, great day, and uh, we will see you next time. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.